It sounds really good to hear everyone visiting, but it is time to get started this evening. I almost said this morning. Our first song will be 242 before the scripture reading. 242. We'll sing the first, third, and fifth verse, 242. It doesn't seem right to sit for this song, so if you don't mind, if you would, please stand. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Strong in the strength which God supplies. Strong in the strength which God supplies through his beloved Son. Standing in his great might with all his strength endued. But take to arm you will come from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. So before our opening prayer, be number 458, 458. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee, let the Could my zeal know 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day of life you have given us. We thank you for the beauty of nature that you have created for us to enjoy. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering here tonight to worship you, and we pray that our worship will be acceptable. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for our health, and we continue to pray for the sick. We especially praise Pray for those of our number here. We pray that you will give them the healing that they desire. And we pray for those uh, comfort for those who have lost loved ones. And we pray that you will help their hearts to heal. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for the greatest blessing of all, the blessing of your Son to be our Savior. And it's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. If you would like to mark your song book, the invitation song will be number 564, 564, and uh, before our sermon, we'll sing number 27, 27. To God be the glory, great things he had done, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offenders who truly obey That moment may enter the heavenly way Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, 
great things he had done. Great things he had taught us, great things he had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. Thank you, John. Good to see everyone here tonight. I appreciate you being here. Turn in your songbook, if you would. Just grab it, number 638, His Grace Reaches Me. I want to do a lesson tonight on rethinking grace. It'll actually be a series that we start on Sunday night. I recently was talking to a Christian, and this Christian was relating to me a story about them speaking to another Christian who had a moment of uncertainty. Um, They were facing a situation, I think maybe something was involved like surgery or the hospital, and the question came up, what if I don't wake up? You know, I I guess that's, I mean, to those of you who've had surgery that went under anesthesia, that's something that goes through your mind, you know, what if I don't wake up? You know, especially as we get older, you know, um, what if I don't wake up? Um, my dad, as he was facing uh, a terminal illness, uh, there was no cure. He had gone through chemo, and he knew that his time was very limited, was thinking about going home and being with the Lord. And, and so I, I'm excited that he embraced that concept. He was excited. My mom got a little mad. I'm like, what's wrong? She said, he's so excited. You know, he's not sad that he'll miss me. He's excited that he's, you know, I'm like, well, that's good, Mom. That's good that he's excited that he's going to be with the Lord. And so anyway, this person who was going to be having surgery asked the question, what if I don't wake up? And, and they were stressed and, and a little worried and concerned. And, you know, how do I know? You know the question, right? How do I know that I'll be with the Lord? How, am I ready? Am, am, those are questions that probably cross our mind at some point. It's the thing we never really like to talk about, you know, never admit. I have doubts. I'm not sure. I'm confident. Is that wrong? What if I think I'm saved, but I'm really not saved? What if I'm not saved, but I'm really saved? And can I talk about that doubt? Is it okay? And it's just something I think we all need to re-examine, rethink. What is grace, and how do I know that I'm really saved? And is it okay to be excited and happy about that, you know, going to heaven? Kind of like my dad, you know, he was excited and happy. There's no doubt in his mind. And so I want to just rethink this passage. Um, and our, our first passage tonight, my scripture is Romans 5, if you have your Bible. Just open that to Romans 5, 1 through 2. I have it here on the screen as well. So Please, if, if, if this is a topic that's kind of near and dear to your heart or something you'd like to hear more about, let me know. But I'll be bringing a few lessons specifically focusing on Ephesians chapter 2, Rethinking Grace. 
In Romans 5, 1 through 2, uh, Paul says to the church at Rome, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, through whom uh, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now you can see those little words are highlighted there, rejoice and hope. So my thinking is, if I go back and read Romans 5, 1 through 2, um, it is the faith that justifies us. It gives us peace, joy, and hope, knowing that we're in a relationship with the Lord and that we've been saved. Uh, we're now given access into grace. And so I kind of see, here's my question, I guess, in the short run is, have you ever experienced peace, joy, and hope of your own salvation? Does that bring you happiness and satisfaction and kind of a calmness to your soul? Does that make sense? Can y'all relate to that question? Have you ever wondered, am I really saved? Do I know I'm saved? What if I had anesthesia and never woke up? Would I be with the Lord? Does that comfort me or does that worry me? So it's just, I'm hoping to kind of rethink this grace and, and if some of you are on the fence or not sure, um, maybe it'll make you a little more comfortable or comforted knowing that you're a child of God and ready to be with the Lord and excited. You might even be so excited that you tell somebody else about your salvation. And so it would be wonderful, in my mind, if each believer could experience these three things, peace, joy, and hope. And I honestly, in the bottom of my heart, I think God wants us to be there in our spiritual walk at a place where we can say, yes, I know I'm saved, I'm confident, and I'm excited. If something were to happen to me today, I know that I'm ready to meet the Lord. Uh, if you're not there yet, I understand. Uh, there, there's a lot of older Christians that didn't grow up hearing messages of grace. They were never really given reassurances of their salvation and so that joy has been forfeited. They just can't experience that joy. They're going through life hoping they're saved. And sometimes you'll even hear people say, I just don't know if I've done enough. Have you ever heard that before? I just don't know if I've done enough. Well, let me tell you right now, you'll never do enough. If that's the basis of your salvation, you'll never, you'll never get there. You can't ever do enough. All right, so let's kind of toss that thought out. It's not about doing stuff to get saved. And a lot of us have that mentality. A lot of us have that mindset. A lot of us think we just have to do more. If I could just do more, then I would finally somehow earn a little place in heaven. I would squeak in and be saved if I could just do more. So I want us to rethink grace. Let's, let's sing the song. Uh, I think y'all probably know it. His grace reaches me. And then we'll jump into our lesson in Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Let me get the pitch here. Deeper than the oceans and wider than the sea is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me. 
sit from the Father, and it thrills my soul just to feel and to know that his blood makes me whole. His grace reaches me, yes, his grace reaches me, and will last through eternity. Now I'm under his control, and I'm happy in my soul, just to know that his grace reaches me. Higher than the mountains and brighter than the sun, it was all Heard at Calvary for everyone, greatest of treasures, and it's mine today. Though my sins were as scarlet, he has washed them away. His grace reaches me, yes, his grace reaches me. And will last through eternity. Now I'm under his control, and I'm happy in my soul just to know that his grace reaches me. I hope that song can bring you some joy and peace, and hope. So I want to rethink grace. I think that joy of, of being in Christ is, is attainable. And so I, I don't know, I can't look into your mind, I can't look into your heart, only you know how you feel about your salvation. And there may be some out there today who's, who's listening to this message, who's actually shared a message of salvation with somebody else. Maybe you shared how Jesus has changed your life or made a difference in your life. But that is the goal of each believing Christian is to share their faith, to tell others and make more Christians and add to the church. Ultimately, that's what Jesus came to do, to seek and save the lost. So first, you have to have joy before you're wanting to tell others about your own salvation. My question is, do you experience that joy? How would you rate that how would you rate your confidence on a 1 to 10 scale? I'm very confident, somewhat confident, not confident. Or maybe you'd be like that person who's getting ready to have surgery, and you're like, I just don't know. It bothers me. So if you're not confident of your own salvation tonight, then let's do something about that over the next few weeks. Let's bolster that confidence, dig a little deeper, study, pray, ask the Lord to, to bless you with... with um, a joy in your heart. So this idea of standing in grace, which we read uh, in, in Romans, Romans 5, standing in grace, what is exactly does that mean to stand in grace, to be in a, a state of grace? So let's go to Ephesians 2. That's going to be our, our text for the next few weeks. Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to be what they call an expository lesson where we sort of look at each a verse and go deeper into that verse. 
And so let's turn to Ephesians 2. Open up my Bible here. And... I'm going to read uh, basically down through verse 10, and then we're going to focus on the first uh, three verses today. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, so that's our text, and we'll be looking at that in an expository study over the next few weeks, but I want to just talk about tonight these first three verses in more detail. So uh, you'll notice in verse 1 of this text of Ephesians 2, and my heading up here in my Bible says, by grace through faith. He's talking about, to the church at Ephesus, the universal nature of being lost, that all mankind, everyone, is lost because everyone sins. Remember in Romans, he said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a universal nature. Every single person that has ever lived on the universe will die and be lost because of sin, because all have sinned. But we know that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, that is to have faith in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's why Jesus, shortly before he ascended into heaven, said, go into all the world, you church, apostles, disciples, those of you who know about me, know my identity, that I'm from God, and that what I did for you, go tell others. Do everything I've commanded you. Teach them. Baptize them. Help them become saved. And save them out of their lost state or condition. So, brothers and sisters, I believe that when we become confident, full of peace and joy of our own salvation, uh, then we tell others, and we can say, you know, before Christ, the world was lost, mankind was lost. I obeyed the gospel and received the blessings of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so here Paul is saying in verse 1, you, church, were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You see, he's showing the you, meaning all of the people who listen to this message. So think of the you as mankind. Everyone is lost. In our next slide, we show the you, 
Paul reminds them about their previous life, and he says, you, if we can go to our next slide, you is all listeners. You uh, is speaking to mankind, in particular the church. You used to be lost. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, now he includes himself, myself included, a very um, uh, diligent student of the Bible. Paul was probably a member of the Sanhedrin, He was a Jew, but he realized that he was persecuting the church. He was persecuting Christ. Thus, on the road to Damascus, Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Paul saw the light. He turned his life around. He was baptized. He obeyed the gospel. So he had been once included in those who were dead in their trespasses and sins. And so he's saying that we're thankful that we're now no longer included in those sons of disobedience. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature, he said, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So I just want to stop here and remind us all that we, in God's eyes, fit in one of two categories. Either one, we're lost and we're covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry, we're lost and not covered by the blood of Jesus, or we're saved and in a state of grace, being saved by the blood of Jesus according to our faith. So one of two categories, that's it. All of mankind will fit in one of those two. There's not a third or fourth category. We're either saved or we're either lost. The Bible tells us that most of the world, as we stand, are going to be lost when Jesus returns. We're told about choosing that narrow gate following that path, and being a a child of God, it's a difficult path to walk. But yet, we can through the blood of Jesus. So, my, my challenge to you is, first of all, get comfortable saying, I'm saved. Do what you need to do to feel confident that you're covered in the blood of Jesus and that you've received this gift from Jesus. Get excited enough where you start telling other people. That's precisely what Paul is doing right here. We all, we all were lost. We were dead. We used to walk in that way. We followed the prince of the power of the air. We followed the devil, but now we're in Christ. Verse 4, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Now, let me ask you to go back and and do something. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1. Now, I have a pretty good feeling that those of you that are here tonight are going to pass this test. You see, a lot of people that were here this morning, they didn't come back. They don't go to services on Sunday night or Wednesday night. They just show up on Sunday morning only. And I don't know the hearts of all of those people, but a lot of times people approach Christianity going, what is the least I have to do to get into heaven? What, you know, what do I need to do to just kind of squeak in there? And would would Sunday morning only, would that satisfy that requirement? So what I'm challenging you tonight is first of all, ask yourself, why am I here? Why did I come back on a Sunday night when a lot of the congregation did not? 
why am I here? Is it because you want to be, because you chose to be, because you're happy to serve the Lord and give your Sunday night up in a worship service? Why do you come back on a Wednesday night for midweek Bible study? Is it here, are you here because you want to be, or are you here because you have to be? Here's the test. In verse 1, the second word is you, the third word, I'm sorry, you were dead. What if that were to say you are dead? You are dead, present tense. See, I, I have to ask myself, are lost people really here on Sunday night? Would they come back voluntarily on Sunday night and be lost? I kind of doubt it because not many people are back. And thank you for being here. You are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you currently walk. Present tense. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we are now living in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and are by nature children of wrath. Present tense. You see what I did? I just flipped the tense from past tense to present tense. So the truth is, church, there are some people who claim to be God's children that may come to services on occasions that think they're saved when in reality they're not. So there has to be some way to know. How can I really know I'm saved? Well, I would suggest going back and reading Ephesians 2 and ask yourself, am I reading this in the past tense or am I reading it in the present tense? And what does my life look like? Has Jesus, as he's come into my life, has he transformed me? Am I now alive in Christ? Or am I a dead man walking because I still follow the flesh? I do the things of the flesh, and I'm carnal in my nature and carnal in my thoughts, but yet I want to go through the motions of being a Christian. You see, where grace is a gift, there's also coming with that a transformation process. We can't just accept the gift of grace and say, well, I'm going to keep living like the world and be saved at the same time. That doesn't add up. So here's the test. Are you living in the present tense or in the past tense? Are you dead in your trespasses or are you alive in Christ? Letting that man who was once worldly stay buried when you obeyed the gospel. It's a simple test, and one we all must take, one we have to ask ourselves. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Turn back one chapter to Ephesians 1 verse 7. Paul says, In him... In Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. So what is the difference between the saved and the lost? Well, we know that in order to be saved, if you're laying on that hospital table, and you're about ready to go under for anesthesia, and you're looking up and you're like, Lord, am I going to meet you today? Am I ready? Am I prepared? The first question we all have to ask is, have I obeyed the gospel? Ephesians 1.7, have I reached 
the blood of Jesus. Now, just before services, I talked to one of our young ladies, and she's studying with a friend, and she's studying the gospel. She's talking about obeying the gospel and baptism and what does baptism mean and how do we reach the blood of Jesus when we obey the gospel. So these things are all important. They're elementary in a person understanding how they become saved. Ephesians 1.7 simply says, In him we are, we are redeemed. How? Through his blood. Jesus bought us out of slavery into a state of salvation. We have, verse 7, the forgiveness of our trespasses or sins according to the riches of his grace. That's really exciting when you think about it. It's exciting that his grace covers our sin. It is through his blood. What can wash away my sin? The song says nothing but the blood of Jesus. So brothers and sisters, if you're here tonight and you've obeyed the gospel, if you have made that good confession with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you tell others about Jesus Christ and you're washed in the blood, having done so when you obeyed the gospel, you were covered in the blood of Jesus by faith, your sins were washed away. You are now a child of God. Enjoy that gift. Tell others what God has done for you. Look down at verse 11, and we'll close up our lesson tonight. In verse 11, in him, that is in Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. It's God's plan. It has been from the very beginning, before we were made, that he would redeem us. He would purchase us out of being a lost condition to being saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. The difference is Jesus. When others out there in the world can see our transformed life, that we're no longer like the world following those desires of the flesh, and we have that free gift of grace in us, and we have joy, and we have hope of salvation, when we long to be with the Lord, we yearn for heaven, and each day we live for Christ, and we honor him, the difference is Jesus Christ, and the world can see Christ in us. You see, I think that's what brings us joy. I believe that's what brings us peace. That's what brings us hope, is knowing that we're saved not through our own goodness, not through a merit system where we work harder and harder and harder. It's the free gift of grace that's given through the blood of Jesus. And when we crucify self and we live to please him every day, you being here tonight, Sunday night, by choice to honor God is part of that process. And so rethink grace. Let grace get you excited. Be joyful. Know that if you were to die and meet the Lord on any given day, that you're prepared and ready. That should make you comfort, comforted to know that you'll die in Christ. I want you to get excited about your own salvation. Excited enough where you tell others what Jesus has done for you. It won't be long, brothers and sisters. We'll stand before the Lord and give an account of our life. I want to encourage you to think about your life, your readiness, those around you who maybe are not yet Christians and what you can do to share the gospel with them. Be a light. Be excited and joyful. Have peace about your own salvation. Rethink grace. And if you're not there yet, 
If you're not happy, if you're not excited, if you're not full of joy about your own salvation, let me know what I can do to help you. Let the elders know what they can do to help you to be excited about being with the Lord, being ready day or night, any time. That's where we need to be as mature Christians. The invitation is yours tonight if we can help you in any way in your walk with the Lord and being ready to go to heaven. Let us know how we can help you tonight. We're going to sing an invitation song. We invite each and every one of you, if you have a need, make that need known. Let's stand and sing together as we're led in song. Take it to the Lord's Supper. It will be served straight back in uh, classroom number one. You can make your way there now. And we'll sing number 741. 741. Sing, amen, amen. Rejoice, amen, amen. Glory be to God, amen, amen. Sing, amen, amen. Rejoice, amen, amen. Glory be to God. Amen, amen. When the Lord shall come again, let the people sing. Amen, amen. When the Lord shall come again, let the people sing. Amen, amen. Sing, amen, amen. Sing, amen, amen. Let the people sing, amen, amen. Sing, amen, amen. Sing, amen, amen. Let the people sing, amen, amen. Bow with me, please. Father, we want to bow our heads for you this evening and want to thank you for the, the time we get to come today and study and worship you, Father. We pray that everything we have said and done today has been in accordance with your will. And, Father, we pray that as we've gone throughout this day that we have grown, grown closer to you and our light has grown stronger in you. Father, there are many on our list and hearts and minds that are suffering in many different ways from physical ailments to spiritual ailments to 
many different things, Father, and we, we know that all we have to do is ask and that you know how to take care of them better than we even know how to ask. All we need to do is pray. Father, as we go out through this into this work week, we hope that we can be a light to somebody around us, that they will see you through us and that they will maybe be curious as to why we are, are the way we are when the world is not the way we are. And maybe they'll, they'll reach out and we'll be able to open an avenue to show them your ways. Father, we just pray that we always look to you for the strength and the guidance that we need and that you will walk with us on throughout our lives. But most of all, Father, we thank you for your son, and it's through his name that we pray. Amen.